everybody, and welcome back to our Coffee with Jesus podcast. As always, thank you for joining us, jumping online and uh, downloading and listening to this podcast. Uh, why don't you subscribe and uh, yeah, share with your friends. Let everyone know that this is happening every week. As always, we're just going to take some time out, 15, 20 minutes to, to press into Jesus and what a relationship with him means for us in our daily lives. How can we how can we live out of a place of intimacy with Jesus? And so grab a cup of coffee, grab some tea, hot chocolate, whatever you need to do, grab something and uh, let's let's have some coffee with Jesus together. Today I want to speak into something that I call the yes of Jesus. And to do that, we're going to unpack a very well-worn passage of scripture that can help us see something I believe is vital. Um, and that is, what is the, a yes from Jesus? What is the nature of a yes from Jesus? Uh, and, and it's a bit long. The passage is a bit long. It's very well known. So stick with me. Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verse 21 to 43, it says this. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet. And implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for twelve years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus, and came up behind him in the crowd, and touched his garments. For she said, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you. And yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, but he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talita kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. So I want to highlight a couple of things here, because what we see in this passage is Jesus agreeing to go with this leader. He, he agrees to, to come and heal, to lay his hands and do a work of healing. So he says yes to the request. But then what do we see in the process of the yes? Because I think sometimes we think that the yes of Jesus should just result in the product that we've asked for. But sometimes the yes of Jesus has to be worked out in and through a process. So a couple of things. Number one, a yes from Jesus is better than any religious practice. 
A yes from Jesus is better than any religious practice. We see here a synagogue leader come to Jesus. He comes to Jesus because when the rubber meets the road, we all know, we get it, that religion cannot save and religion cannot heal. It's powerless to do those things. It's not about how we do what we do that saves people or heals people, but it is an encounter with Jesus that does these things. Jesus is the source of our salvation and our healing. And I love this because a synagogue leader would have been more than knowledgeable about the religious practices of the Jewish people. He would have known the law and he would have known what to do and what not to do. But here's the thing. The law only reveals how powerless we are in our own strength to face disease and death. And here was a man, he was a father facing the possibility that his 12-year-old girl would die. And I can't even imagine that. But, but when we get to that point where we are faced with something that only Jesus can do, only Jesus can overcome death, only Jesus can command disease. And when we get to that point, there's something that we understand. Religion can't navigate these things. We can't, we can't fix them with our own ideas. We can't outthink the situations. We can't outdo the situations. All that's left for us, as was left for Jairus, is a yes from Jesus. You see, a yes from Jesus is better than anything. It's better than a doctor's opinion. It's better than our ability. It's better than finances. It's better than anything. A yes from Jesus can do what life cannot do. Now, I'm not saying those other things are bad. I'm not saying what the doctors can do for you is bad. But what I am saying is let's never allow the opinions of doctors to supersede the yes of Jesus. Let's never allow our ability to earn to supersede the yes from Jesus. So number one, a yes from Jesus is better than any religious practice. Number two, your yes from Jesus is not limited by other yeses Jesus makes. I'm going to say that again because it's a bit wordy. Your yes from Jesus is not limited by other yeses Jesus makes. In the midst of Jesus saying yes to Jairus, he engages with another woman as well. A woman who had been suffering for 12 years with bleeding pushes through the crowd. And I love how the scripture says that even after she had done everything, spent all her money, she was getting worse, not better. And so she pushes through the crowd and touches the hem of Jesus' garment with faith. And she's healed and Jesus is paused. She gets healing and Jesus pauses. On the road to Jairus' house, Jesus pauses to engage with this woman. Now, here we have two scenarios that look similar because there is a number 12 attached to both. But think for a moment how it must have appeared to Jairus. Here is a man who had loved his daughter who was near death. We don't know if this had been a long-term issue, but we know that it was a 12-year relationship. He had loved this baby girl for even possibly longer. For those of you who are parents, you know that you love that baby the moment you hear that you are pregnant. And so 12 years at least. For, the, for 12 years, uh, he was a man who had enjoyed the blessing of a daughter, and now she was on the brink of death. Here is a man looking at a woman who had now just touched Jesus' garment, and he's looking at a woman who had been suffering for 12 years with an issue that made her unclean and made her suffer. But I wonder if he began to think thoughts, thoughts like, why now? Why today? Why couldn't she wait one more day to touch his garment? We are on a timeline here, people. And I wonder if he was going, listen, my issue is more urgent than your issue. I wonder if he judged her issue to be less serious than his. And I wonder if he wondered why Jesus would engage with her while he was obviously on a much more important, much more urgent mission. What we know in hindsight is that this was part of the journey. 
When Jesus says yes to something I've been praying for, he doesn't become solely committed to me. When Jesus says yes to me, it's not that he changes his mission to pursue my mission. No, what he does is he incorporates my mission into his. My yes from Jesus is not limited by the yeses he gives to other people. He is not made less by his yes to other people. In fact, when I see how powerful he, his yes is in another context, instead of comparing, we should celebrate the power of what he can do. It should fuel our faith for what his yes in our situation might accomplish. I remember Martin Steele telling us, this should act like jumper cables for our faith. The testimony of one should act like jumper cables for everyone and inspire us and take our faith to a whole new level. So I want us to grasp here that when Jesus says yes to someone else, it doesn't mean that he has less for you. His yes is not limited. His yes is not diminished in your life when he says yes to someone else. Stop comparing testimonies. Stop comparing miracles. His yes is not limited. Number three, third point, the yes of Jesus is not diminished through delays. It's not diminished through delays. It may seem like for us, our prayer has a very obvious and a very clear timetable that, that has to be kept. We know the decision has to be made by Monday. The, the doctors have to do something on Tuesday. We know that if money doesn't come in month end, we, we're going to have to move. And so we can see an obvious, uh, a clear timetable that is attached to our prayers. We see the need for urgency. And so any delay can really frustrate us. And when the delay is Jesus himself stopping on the road, we can get super frustrated. When it's clear to us that Jesus is not moving as fast as we want, that Jesus is the delay, it can be super frustrating. And we can sometimes say, Jesus, don't you see the need for urgency? Jesus, don't you see the reason we have to move quicker than a stroll? And yet Jesus never ran. In our minds, we can see a delay as detrimental to the mission because we are time sensitive. However, when Jesus says yes to our prayers and the cries of our hearts, no delay can diminish that yes. No detour can change the destination when Jesus has said yes. If Jesus has said yes to Jairus and said, I will come, I will heal, I will lay my hands on. His yes is not lessened by a delay. And sometimes because we are very time sensitive, we can think that if Jesus delays too long, he may have to break his promise because of what time will cause us to do. He is not a, Jesus is not a man that he should lie. Jesus can't lie. So when Jesus says yes, not even delays can cause him to lie. Think about that. When Jesus has said yes to you, when he's made a promise in your life, when he's promised you a relationship, when he's promised you a promotion, when he's promised you that, that your life is going to count for his mission, even when it seems like there is a delay, he cannot lie. And so when he has said yes, we might not know what the process is going to look like. We might not know the timetable. And in our minds, we may have already gone past the date, the, the, the cutoff date. But if God can stir up Abraham and Sarah to be parents in their late 90s, early 100s, he can go beyond the delay that you're experiencing right now. And he can even go through death. And that's number four. The yes of Jesus is not detoured by death. In the midst of the delay with the woman with the issue of blood, we see news arrive that the daughter of Jairus has died. The messengers who had come say to Jairus, why bother the teacher anymore? Here's the thing. If Jesus is just a teacher, then death is the ultimate roadblock. If Jesus was just a teacher, 
who could pray, then then this is the end. If if all Jesus was was a teacher, if all he was was a imparter of information, as amazing as that information was, if all he did was communicate wisdom as profound as that was, then this would have been the end. And we see how different groups respond to this. The crowds that were following Jesus were dismissed. He said, leave. It's only Peter, James, and John. And he moved forward with a select few. When things seem to die in our lives, often the crowds that were operating with expectation stop because they were expecting a healing and they can't fathom a resurrection. See, if all we expect is a healing, sometimes it's very difficult to start believing for a resurrection on the other side. Never judge the yes of Jesus based on the crowd's response. You see, the crowd left. He sent them away. And, and sometimes that can seem even more daunting when people seem to distance themselves from you, when people who were with you are no longer with you. But don't judge the yes of Jesus based on the crowd's response. Then Jesus arrives at the house and is greeted by another crowd. The crowd at the house were doing what was socially expected and acceptable. They were mourning and weeping. And so we've got two crowds here. The one was expecting a healing, and when the healing didn't arrive, they left. The, the second crowd came to do what was socially expected and they were living out of the, the reality that something has ended, death has come. And again, we see Jesus move forward without the crowd. The expectation of the crowd, the atmosphere of the crowd could not allow for Jesus to do a miracle. They, they, their expectation was wrong. Their, 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 their sense of what was going to happen was incorrect. However, Jesus was still working. He was still working out his yes to Jairus. He was still doing things that were beyond people's comprehension. Jesus' promises are not detoured or limited by death. When Jesus says yes, we may experience what we see as the end, but his power can get through any roadblock. It can get through any full stop. It can get through any end. It can get through any grave. It can get through any cross. Jesus, when he says yes, is not stopped when something dies. When Jesus says, yes, your healing is not the end. When Jesus promises to meet the disciples in Jerusalem, the cross was not going to stop him. At no point has death ever had the power to stop Jesus fulfilling his promise. In other words, Jesus, yes, reaches through death because a yes from Jesus is more powerful than death in this world. I want you to let that sink in. The yes of Jesus is more powerful than death in this world. So where has Jesus said yes to you? Where are you standing on a promise? Um, we've shared the story before, but when we didn't have food to, to feed ourselves, Cheryl and I stood on, on that, 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 that Psalm, the verse in Psalm, I think it's 37, and the, the writer says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. And that's easy to quote when you've got food in the pantry. But, but Jesus often, we found it so funny, payday would come, we wouldn't get a salary, things would happen. And, and again, there would be no money to go buy groceries. And so in our mind, the deadline had been passed. We now need to start making a plan to go into debt and all these things. But we stood on the promise and often God came through. We didn't go through more than 12 days without God doing a miracle. But sometimes in our minds, the timetable didn't work. So where has Jesus said yes to you? Where, what promise are you holding on to from scripture? What thing are you believing for? Because a yes from Jesus is better than anything we can do, better than anything religion can do. A yes from Jesus is not lessened by his yeses to others. 
A yes from Jesus is not limited by, de- by delays and a yes from Jesus is not detoured by death. And so my prayer for each and every single one of us today is hold on to the yes. Hold on to the yes from Jesus that can go beyond what we see as the final word. No, his word is better than the final word. So my prayer for you today is get, understand what he has promised and hold on to it. Live from a place where you know that you know that you know that Jesus cannot lie. And so if he's promised it, he will do it. It might not be according to our timetable. It might not be in the way we hoped, but he will do it. We can stake our lives on that. Well, God bless you. Hope you have an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you again next week.